true believers and strap in as we journey with Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Excelsior! Not to mention the evil genius and brilliant leadership of myself. Open the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! For Matt Spectro through the multiverse. My name is Matt Spectro, and if you're new to the show, which I'm sure you are since this is episode two, this is the podcast about superhero animation. That's right, folks. We just have a good time here. I bring my friends on the show, and we talk superhero animation every week. We watch and review, for your pleasure, a cartoon about the wonderful world of superheroes. As always, just like the old comic books, DC Comics Presents Brave and the Bold Marvel team up, it's always me and a guest star. This week, I'm bringing on my friend. He is the gentleman who first put me ever on a podcast. He's the host of the wrestling podcast about nothing. He's my good friend, Michael Crockett. Michael Crockett, welcome to the multiverse. Thank you very much, Tarzan. Uh, I guess former host of the wrestling podcast about nothing at this point. Uh, we did put out an episode uh, a little while back uh, after a year, but not a regular podcaster anymore, sadly. Well, that is sad. Uh anybody who uh, is new to the show like i said you are it's episode two and my first time on a podcast michael crockett put me on his podcast and we had a grand old time he sort of got me uh going in the world of podcasting so it's a pleasure to have you on the show well thank you very much tarzan well matt <laughs> i'm not quite sure what to call you I- i'm just gonna probably call you tarzan the whole show because uh, for those who don't know in a previous life, uh, Tarzan, uh, Matt Spectra was a wrestler, and I was a referee, and he was Tarzan to me, and he'll always be Tarzan to me, so I'm going to call you Tarzan because of wrestling, because that's what we're here to talk about, right? Wrestling. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is- uh, What? No, no, that's my, my old podcast. We talked about wrestling, but I wanted to, uh, on my new podcast, talk about my other love growing up, and that would be superheroes, specifically superhero animation. Now, last week, Michael- first episode we did dc comics so i thought it only fair this week we would discuss marvel comics you're more of a marvel guy aren't you uh yeah all the way 100 percent. i was never i think marvel's more grounded in reality they you know the, everything is it's not metropolis it's new york city you know what i mean I, I i was just connected more with uh marvel i guess we'll talk how exactly i connected with marvel and it's kind of basically because of what we're uh, talking about this week Yes, we are, and this week, we're going to discuss The Incredible Hulk. For any of you, uh, you should be familiar with The Incredible Hulk if you listen to this podcast. He, as a child, was one of my favorite uh, superheroes, and I believe his cartoon introduced you into the world of superheroes. Yeah, that is true. I um, We were discussing what we would uh, review today, and that's the first thing. I mean, we, I also talked about um, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, but in fact, th- this was a block when this sh- series came out in 1982. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and then uh, the Incredible Hulk. Um, yeah, I I watched this series, and it 
basically inspired me in a number of ways. It inspired me to go out and get my first comic book. Um, I think it was an Avengers comic book with, uh, you know, I saw Hulk on the cover. I went down uh, to my local magazine shop called Town News with my dad. I was, so what, like six years old, seven years old. And I picked up my first ever comic book based on watching uh, this cartoon. And also it kind of inspired me to get into drawing comics. And I just got a pen and paper and started drawing. And I ended up taking a comic arts class as a young tyke. And it really just, I don't know, I'm still doing creative work to this day. So it kind of almost set me off in a whole creative course in life. Yeah. I feel anybody who's ever been a longtime comic fan always attempted to draw their own comic books at one point or another. Some of us good, some of us not so good. Yeah. I I was not so good at the beginning. I got better, (laughs) but uh, there's touch and go there at the beginning. So uh, I always like hearing the multiverse give credit where credit is due. The Incredible Hulk was created by Stan the Man Lee and Jack King Kirby back in 1962, believe it or not. I was not alive at that point. Are you sure? <laughs> it was I close, know the right? I'm old, but I'm not <laughs> that old. And uh, the Incredible Hulk was my favorite character as a kid, him and Captain America. In later life, I've, I've adapted more to Captain America, but him and the Hulk were my two favorite characters. And now, this is going to be some spoilers coming up, so uh, we want to... Take in mind there, we're going back to 1982 when the Incredible Hulk cartoon debuted on NBC. It was originally, uh, I believe it was part of the Superman, Superman, <laughs> Spider-Man and his amazing friends in Hulk Hour, if I remember correctly. Yes, I, I said that, Tarzan. Are you listening? <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm new to the podcast. Uh, still a little <laughs> nervous. Uh, we're still working out the kinks here. Now let's take a look here. Some of the details surrounding it. Um, I couldn't find a lot of information about this. Um, I found a little bit. Uh, for example, uh, they say the design of the Incredible Hulk uh, in the cartoon style was based on the artist uh, Sal Basima, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Uh, longtime Hulk artist. He worked with uh, Bill Manilow on one of the greatest runs of the Hulk back in the uh, 70s, early 80s. I don't know if you remember any of those. I don't I, I've, like for a guy who is like so into the art i i don't really know like the artists <laughs> <laughs> um he uh worked on a lot of comics defenders uh he worked on a lot of comic books in that area him and bill manilow had a very long run in the comic together uh one of my favorite runs the particular episode we're gonna watch today was wasn't actually the first episode. It was this cartoon, I would say, it only ran for 13 episodes for some strange reason. I don't know if it wasn't popular or not. But we're going to look at episode three called The Origin of the Incredible Hulk. Yes, for some reason, they waited till the third episode to tell you the origin. Well, Tarzan, we all know you love a good origin story. I, I, I do the first time around. Uh, <laughs> maybe not every <laughs> when time. When they keep after. going back to it, you're not such a fan. Um, this episode was written by a Dennis Marks, it said, who I'm unfamiliar with, but I'm sure he wrote other cartoons back in the day. Uh, if you wrote one cartoon, you seem to work on many in those in that era. Also, a uh, Boyd Kirkland was one of the layout artists who I'm unfamiliar with as well, but he also went on to uh, write and direct for Batman the Animated Series and X-Men Evolution. Lots of characters showed up uh, that were from the original run. Bruce Banner, 
Rick Jones, General Thunderbolt Ross, uh, Glenn Talbot from the comic book is on here, but for some reason they changed his name to Ned Talbot on the show. Any idea what you think, why they would do such a thing? I think because I, I was looking at the uh, same information that uh, you were looking at, and I think they wanted to uh, use the terminology Noodlehead Ned. <laughs> I guess they came up with this great idea. Let's call. We need someone we can call Noodlehead. And then they, they we got this Glenn Talbot and like eh, Glenn Noodlehead. Glenn doesn't quite work. Let's change his name to Ned. So I think the Noodlehead came first, and then they just changed the character's name to to fit it because you know you need a Noodlehead. They, they, they the insult Noodlehead Ned was just was so was so too good to waste. So they had to change right. The character's name. Now, um, some of the voice actors, not going to mean a lot to you, but uh, Bruce Banner was, uh, every one of these voice actors I found have apparently have had a long history and have voiced a lot of different people over the years. Apparently that's like big thing. But Bruce Banner was voiced by a Michael Bell. Uh, the Incredible Hulk was voiced by a Bob Hull. Pat Fenley uh, is the the aforementioned uh, noodle head man. <laughs> Um, and, uh, BJ Ward, she was the voice of Betty Ross. Now here was an interesting fact. I found Michael Horton, did the voice of Rick Jones, he played Angela Lansbury's nephew on the long running show murder. She wrote Grady Fletcher. <laughs> Were you familiar with that? I, I know, the, I'm only familiar with uh, Murder, She Wrote because it was a lead into Monday Night Raw, but we're not talking about wrestling. <laughs> we're not talking about wrestling today. Yeah, you, you seem desperate to try and change the subject here to professional wrestling. <laughs> Maybe we should have reviewed the origin episode of Spider-Man where he fights Crusher Hogan for $300. Oh, that's a good idea. Can we switch now? <laughs> Too late, Michael. You already picked Damn it. the origin of the Incredible Hulk. So you're saying that this cartoon had a big impact on your life. Yeah, it did. And it's kind of funny, too, because as this show was starting in 82, the live action show, The Incredible Hulk, was just ending. I think it ended like in May, and this started in September. And I'm admitting this right now. I was, as a child, deathly afraid of the Incredible Hulk TV show. I remember <laughs> being in a friend's house and the Incredible Hulk, you know, with uh, Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno, of course, came on the TV. I remember <laughs> running behind the couch. So I was like sitting between the couch and the wall just hiding from the Incredible Hulk on the TV. <laughs> I was very uh, I was very spooked by Lou Ferrigno as the Incredible Hulk. It must have been the eyes and that weird wig. But uh, for some reason, when the cartoon came out, I was a little... Uh, I, I warmed up to the big green guy. <laughs> I was always worked up because he didn't have the purple pants on the show. Oh, yeah. And, and the fact that he was David Banner... Was a thing. Yep. He's he's Bruce Banner, uh, like the comics. He's Bruce Banner here on the the cartoon. But uh, do you know what what the deal was with the David Banner thing? Well, here's the thing. His name is technically Robert Bruce Banner. Now, when the show came around, for some reason, they they I don't know if this was the '70s things. The name Bruce was associated with being gay, and they at that time I guess weren't as um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get controversial, but I guess maybe they weren't open to the idea of that, uh, him associated with being, uh, part of the LBGTQ community. And so they, yeah, I, was, 
<laughs> I'm looking at something right now. It says, according to both Stanley and Lou Frigno, it was also changed because CBS thought the name Bruce sounded, quote, too gayish. <laughs> why they didn't change it to Robert Banner instead of David Banner? That I, I'm none the wiser. I couldn't tell you why they did such a thing. Oh, it says here that the uh, the guy who ran the show did it to honor his son, David. Okay, all right. I, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. All right. So without further ado, you guys can watch along with it. We're going to take a break, and we're going to watch and review the origin of The Incredible Hulk from The Incredible Hulk cartoon from 1982. Stick around, folks. We'll be right back with our two cents. Who's the world's greatest monster? Who's the world's mightiest creature? Who's the world's strongest superhero? Here's a hint. His skin is green, and man, he's mean. Suspense, action, and excitement are you looking for? Fasten your seatbelt, true believer, because the Incredible Hulk is on his way. The Incredible Hulk and the Amazing Spider-Man will return after these messages. With Colorform's Incredible Hulk adventure set, I'll be the Incredible Hulk. I'll you can pretend the... lots of things, huh? like the Hulk is battling his arch enemy Rhino. Or using his incredible strength against the abomination. Wow. Or single-handedly capturing a gang of evildoers. You can pretend lots of exciting adventures with your imagination and Colorform's Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk adventure set comes with 24 plastic playing pieces. It's Colorform's fun. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice... Back. All right. Yeah, folks, if you join along with us, we just watch Origin of the Incredible Hulk, episode three of the Incredible Hulk cartoon. Yeah, so uh, that brought me back, Michael. It sure did. Yeah, the animation style is, uh, I guess, of the time. I mean, you know, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, you know the with just the mouth moving that like you see like the the seventies. <laughs> but I mean. Animation definitely got better from there. Yeah, it was not like those old 60s Marvel cartoons where they pretty much just copied and pasted the comic books and put like a moving mouth. Yeah, yeah. And and like, you know, they did repeat a couple things like uh, the transformation animation, which was really cool, by the way. I, I really like the way they did that. I agree. Um, and now that I've heard it, um, Michael Bell, who did the voice of Bruce Banner, very, very recognizable voice actor. I believe he was also... Uh, um, uh, one of the Wonder Twins. Um, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, I can't believe I can't remember his name on the Super Friends. What, what is that? <laughs> Zan. Uh, yeah, he was on the Wonder Twins. He did a bunch of different. Uh, I believe he was one of the Smurfs as well. But I did I instantly recognize the voice when I heard it. Really? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Maybe you were. <laughs> You're a better man than me. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, like I said, uh, some spoilers coming up here. We're reviewing Incredible Hulk's cartoon from 1982, Origin of the Incredible Hulk. Well, the original air date was October 2nd, 1982. Uh, we open with our credits. The music very similar to Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Really? Uh, didn't you think so? I'm not. Uh, I'm blanking on the Spider-Man and his amazing friends music, I guess. 
Well, I could do the theme for you, but you know, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> oh, come on. Give me a couple bars. <laughs> it was like the... <laughs> Don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, we see the Hulk uh, fighting um, you know, uh, a giant... Uh, alien, uh, spider-type robot ship. Uh, at one point in the tri- in the opening credits, uh, Bruce Banner's trapped in a, a thing of spikes are closing in on him. Yeah, yeah, reminiscent of like the trash compactor in Star Wars, right? Yeah, kind of similar to that. Very. Has there ever in real life ever been a room where someone fell into it and spikes were closing in? Uh, I not personally, I haven't dealt with it, but who knows? <laughs> and then the end ending shot is he lifts a giant cube. That is engraved on it, the Incredible Hulk. Yes. In case you missed it the first time. <laughs> we open with a shot of the desert and the immortal voice of the narrator, Stan the Man Lee. Yeah. I don't know about you, but that's the first time I ever heard his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember back in the day, yeah. Greetings, true believers. Yeah, that was the yeah. first time I'd ever heard uh, Stan Lee back then. I was a little upset he didn't say Excelsior at all in the narration. No, no. I, I guess they cut him off before. The, I mean, that's usually his, his closer, right? Yeah, I yeah, I believe like a whole generation of kids my age and maybe yours, That's that was like a lot of our introduction to Stan Lee, those who uh, were from those him narrating those cartoons. Yeah, definitely. That's the first, like you said, it's the first I remember hearing him. Now, this is uh, the origin of the Hulk, which was very similar, but odd changes at the same time. I don't know how familiar you are with the origin from the comic books, but. They followed almost the same path, but at the same time made some bizarre differences, I felt. Well, yeah, I'm hoping maybe you can help me uh, through this. I, I know in general it was pretty much the same. I mean, you know, what they did on the uh, the TV show we had mentioned earlier from uh, the late 70s was drastically different from the comic book origin. But I know this was a lot more similar. But, yeah, maybe you can walk me through the exact differences it opens, opening shot is in the desert, which Stan Lee describes as the mysterious desert. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we get a uh, shot of an alien ship flying over the desert. A UFO. It's right out of Star Wars. <laughs> You're really stuck on this uh, Star Wars similarity here, aren't you? Well, no. Rick Jones, I, mean, I guess, man, I'm getting ahead of, uh, ahead of you here, but Rick Jones actually says, it's right out of Star Wars. He says those oh, you're words. Right. You're right. He, he did jump ahead, but yes, he did say that. <laughs> you mentioned it. Um, and then we go to, while we're on the subject, because the opening is Rick Jones at the restaurant he works at. His girlfriend works there, Rita, owned by her dad, Rio. I, I just got to bring up, what the hell is with the character design of Rick Jones? I mean, this is how I was introduced to him. As I mentioned, this is like what got me into comics. But yeah, he doesn't, Wear a cowboy hat. In the, <laughs> He's got in the long comics. blonde hair and like a cowboy hat going on. So you're saying that's different than the comics? No, definitely. <laughs> he, he was brown haired. He did not have long hair. He had, <laughs> and he definitely didn't wear a cowboy hat. I, I don't understand the, I just don't even understand the character design. Maybe like the 70s, like the urban cowboy thing from this time. Was that around like when this was happening? A little bit, a few years before. I don't know how many, uh, I mean, did they have too many guys that did not have any blondes on the show and they figured <laughs> we got to make him blonde with a cowboy or hey, he's in the desert. So I was just so confused by the by the look of Rick Jones. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely an odd choice. And, and also, I guess Rio and Rita were 
solely made for the for the show. They were not part of the comic book lore at all, right? Yep, just direct inventions of the cartoon. And unlike some other characters, never, to my knowledge, ever got introduced in the cartoon. Sometimes they did that where a cartoon character wasn't in the comic and then they introduced him. Um, Harley Quinn would be like the most famous. Yeah, like Firestar uh, comes to mind. Firestar would be another example. But yeah, they they were just inventions for the uh, the show. Oh, and also I want to bring up that you, you mentioned Rick Jones works. I don't think he works there because I think Rio accused him of loitering at one point. <laughs> I was under the impression I thought maybe he was like a delivery boy, but maybe he was just hanging out hitting on on Rita. I believe so. Sugar Plum. Yeah, Sugar <laughs> And Rita says that uh, he has to be back on time because she is on the decorating committee. Mm. You ever notice that on shows and, and everybody's always on, there's always someone on the, the decorating committee. I've never known anyone on the decorating. <laughs> Wait, what? what is she decorating for? Maybe I missed this. I don't know. I don't know if, uh, maybe I, I, I was, it went over my head. I don't, I don't even mention remember a dance or anything, but she had to be at something where she was at the decorating committee. And this had my favorite, um, interaction of the episode when uh, uh, <laughs> Rio explains to Rick that his name is not Pops or Daddy or the Big Mustacho. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a nice mustache, right? He, he, he did. <laughs> for us to paint a little picture for you, yes, he, he did have quite the mustache. Yeah. That's... In fact, now that I think about it, almost there's like multiple characters in the show with a mustache. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, maybe a, a product of the late 70s, early 80s, too, with uh, a lot of bad mustaches back then, Tarzan. I don't know if yeah, you remember. The Magnum P.I. thing was very popular at that point. Oh, that's true as well. <laughs> and then we, uh, the alien ship does fly over the restaurant, and Rick and Rita do notice it. They don't know what's going on. Yeah, and like I said, they did, he does a Star Wars line, which was odd, odd to reference like directly like 30 plus years before they're actually under the same umbrella with Disney that he just says that, oh, it's like Star Wars. So I found that to be odd. Yeah, you think- To reference would, like another property. Yeah, wouldn't they have to pay to even make that reference in the episode? Or I mean, I don't know how that works, but- Yeah, I don't know. But uh, it was all the, all the rage uh, at the time. So then we, we go to a uh, establishing shot of the army test zone where they're going to be testing the gamma bomb. Dr. Carlson is really riding Bruce Banner's ass at this point. He he thinks he should be giving him the formula so he can, quote, double check it. <laughs> yeah, there's something with this Dr. Carlson. I don't, I don't know. Something's a little off. Maybe it's the red flat top he has. <laughs> that, that could be. And then uh, we get an introduction of uh, Betty Ross. And, uh, and he's not referred to it, but Noodlehead Ned shows up in this as well. Yes. They're going to uh, shut it down because this alien ship shows up on the radar. And Can I, can I mention for a second, uh, Bruce Banner, we see Bruce Banner for the first time, and well, he's talking to Carlston, like you said. No glasses. Nope. Now, do you think this is based on like the show from the 70s where Bill Bixby didn't really wear glasses, or do you think it was some other choice that was made? At that point in the comic, he wasn't wearing the glasses, um, and uh, he did have them in the original series, the original uh, first appearance of the Hulk, so I would only assume they would just go with the fact that uh, they went with the design. The design is actually very similar to what Bruce Banner looked like in the comic books at that time, so it's either that or because everybody was so familiar with the TV show that they uh, decided not to do the glasses. 
Right. Okay. And and Betty Ross, did she work with him in the comics? Uh, no. She was just General Thunderbolt Ross's daughter at that point. She was not a scientist working with him on the, um, like she is on the show. Right. Okay. They send the planes to intercept this unidentified flying object. Now, this part I found particularly baffling, and maybe I'm picking apart a cartoon too much, but there's an alien light, an unidentified ship, and because they're, it says no life on their dashboard, he orders them to shoot it down. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I really enjoyed the the uh, advanced technology where the guy in the plane hits a button and there's a big, a big rectangular box on the top of his like a uh, dashboard there, and it just blinks. No life. No life. No life. So that, that was how they uh, determined that there was no uh, living things on board. Do we even have that technology now that you can just press a button on a ship and it'll tell you if there's? I know we have infrared and heat sources and things like that, but I don't even know if we have that technology today. Uh, the, yeah, the the heat the heat. Uh, like you said, the heat sourcing technology that was uh, based on this. I think this is first, and just me. I mean, this could be technology like totally new to the world, and he's just telling him to shoot it down. <laughs> it's not like they're under attack at that point. No, the the thing is just flying over. The only thing it caused a little damage when it when it flew over the initial um, the initial flight over the uh, the test zone. It uh, ripped open part of the fence. That was the only thing it did. That's the only really damage it did. It was basically very passively just flying over the test zone. They shoot it down. Unbeknownst to them, the viewers see that a little escape pod has escaped from the ship. But uh, they shoot it down, and then they're like, all right, come on back to base. Now, again, they've just shot down an unidentified flying object. Wouldn't they at least check it out, see what it was? Like It could be like brand new technology. <laughs> they could have that bioscan, no life. T- oh, no, they have that on their ship. I'm sure there's something even much better on the uh, alien ship. But yeah, they wouldn't know because they said, let's leave. Then they go back to the base. And then Thunderball Ross is there. This is the first time we get to see him with a, with a mustache as well. Yes. He's complaining that there's another delay. <laughs> right. And by the way, uh, Thunderball Ross looks... Almost exactly like Miles Mayhem from Mask. Do you ever watch the, the cartoon Mask? <laughs> yes, yes. You, I didn't even think about that, but yes, he does look exactly the same. Any, anyway, go back to what you're saying. So he's like, he's giving him all kinds of shit, and then you know about how it's been delayed again. I mean, to me, it's like an unidentified craft just flew on to the army base. I think that would delay it, but hell, what do I know? Yeah, basically, Thunderbolt accuses him of being a pussy. Yes. And then uh, Betty Ross uh, speaks up for him, saying that just because he's not in the army, that doesn't mean he's a wimp. Right. And then Thunderbolt says, basically, oh, what do you got your woman talking for you? Yeah, the exact line, I believe, was a man usually speaks for himself, I believe, is the line. (laughs) And Bruce is like, uh, I think she did just fine. (laughs) And then he calls him dad, you know, because they're going to be his his future son-in-law, apparently. Yeah, and Thunderbolt Ross is like, okay. And in her defense, she says she loves him. I don't know, uh, you know, along with the brilliant physicists and all that, she also says how she also loves this guy, which I don't know. I mean, seems a little odd to, for that particular thing, but hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to establish that there's a relationship there. They're going to go back to the, the bomb. And at this point, we see uh, Rick Jones is is late. 
this is where another change in the comic. Now, he takes a shortcut through the missile base, um, and his car breaks down. Now, in the comic book, now, this is exactly the same in the fact that he has to save Rick Jones, but in the comic, his friends just dared Rick Jones to drive on to the missile base, and that's what he was doing here. Here, his car breaks down. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, because he's working on the car in this garage or whatever, and he's like, ah, Rita's going to kill me. He, I guess he does like a quickie fix, and as he exits the uh, the garage, the friggin' muffler promptly falls out. <laughs> so, or worse, I don't know. It looked like a muffler to me, but yeah, so he takes this shortcut through this hole in the fence that was ripped by the uh, the UFO, and his truck just shits to the bed immediately. Yeah, and they do a shot of like, um, there was something blocking, obscuring the sign that said, danger, missile sight, do not enter. Yeah, so they made that change where in the comics, Rick was just dared to by his friends. They said he was too chicken to to hang out on the missile base. So we get to the same point where it's Bruce Banner has to save Rick Jones from you know, being blown to bits by the gamma bomb. He's going to go rescue him, and he tells Dr. Carlson to hold the launch yet again so he can go save Rick Jones. What a puss. You know, have to be a brain surgeon to figure out where that's going next. Dr. Carlson, he is not going to delay He's just going to keep it going because he's, he's been looking for the formula the whole time. Yep. And this guy, uh, something off about him. <laughs> he has looked very ominous. Is that the word I'm looking for? No, it's not the word you're looking for at all. <laughs> <laughs> ominous, perhaps? Uh, that, there you go. <laughs> and uh, there he goes out to save uh, Rick Jones. Well, he tells him that uh, he's trying to tell him he's delaying the launch. Then the alarm goes off that the bomb's going to go off with them out there. So he throws Rick Jones into a ditch, much like in the... Uh, comic book but before you can get in there boom the gamma bomb goes off and we cut to commercial right and i want to ask you something like it wasn't like he had to help rick down into the ditch he just like basically took him like a football and threw him into the ditch <laughs> yeah he like grabbed him by the arm and did like an irish whip and threw him right <laughs> oh, wrestling you're talking wrestling tarzan yeah <laughs> So, well, you know, old, old habits, they die hard. So I'm just wondering, like, why doesn't he put his arm around him and they jump in the ditch together? Well, he's about to jump in the ditch. He wants to make sure the kid gets in there first. And when he's about to jump, it's too late. The bomb goes off and he gets blasted. All right. Now, the question I have that is, would the radiation not hit Rick just because he's in a ditch? Uh, apparently, it's just ground level. It'll just <laughs> go, It'll just sail right across the ditch. So we come back and Rick and Bruce Banner are in the hospital. They get the introduction. We get the big meeting so they can uh, know who they are. And then we get Dr. Uh, that evil old Dr. Carlson again asking if uh, he's going to be uh, stuck in the hospital. And they tell him they think so. Then he's using the, uh, the payphone in a very mysterious, suspicious way where he's got his own microphone hooked up. And he's talking to a figure that we don't really see but is clearly driving that escape pod from the alien ship earlier on. Yes. And uh, apparently Carlston's handle is, is four, three. Yeah. And the other guy is number one. Damn right. He's number one. And also you, 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 the hot, why is Bruce locked in the hospital room? <laughs> I don't know. Can we talk about this? Yeah. He's when he, he can't get out of the room. He's locked in the hospital. In fact, I think him or Rick says some line about, is this a jail or a hospital? Is that Carlson's doing, you think? Uh, I, I would assume that was the case. I don't know if I'd be locked in. I'm a little concerned that he was blasted with gamma radiation. He's no quarantine, no. He's just lying in a hospital bed. 
Yeah, he's just hanging out, and Rick is there with him for some reason, just locked in there as well. You would think Betty would be there the minute he got brought in, being that that's her fiancé who, for all we know, is dead. But she's nowhere to be found when he comes to. No, no, she's doing her own thing. She's busy. And his name, I'd like to back up, is not 43, it's 4-3. Right, right, right. (laughs) So then, even though Rick tells Bruce to take it easy, he gets so upset that he can't get out that he makes his first transformation into the Incredible Hulk. I gotta say, the animation of the transformation, excellent. Like, really good animation when he turns into the Incredible Hulk for the first time. Especially the part where he's, it's like his face is on screen and he turns around. Yep. And the head expands. It's really cool looking. Yeah, really, really good animation, which uh, I believe is like they end up using it as stock footage for every time he transfers, but that was really good. I was very impressed by that. Yeah, it was like the best thing about the show, I think. Yeah, I would probably agree. Definitely the best. And so then the Hulk's running rampant through the hospital and runs into Betty, who finally managed to meet her fiance, who was just blasted with a gamma bomb <laughs> earlier. <laughs> in well, the she day. couldn't drive through the test site. She had to go around like, you know, Rick. He, she didn't take the shortcut like Rick did. Okay, maybe, maybe, <laughs> you, maybe, maybe you're right. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying here. I'm trying. <laughs> and, you know, he goes crazy and, uh, for some reason, she goes after him. I don't know why. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't do that if I saw the Hulk. But apparently, she wasn't as scared as him as you were as a small child. No, no. She apparently is just. She sees him as a, a potential like science project. So she's like, "Hey, don't go. Where are you going?" And she runs after him. And she, of course, falls and knocks herself out. And then Hulk, being the old, has memories of Banner, uh, picks her up and leaves the military hospital with her. Right, and then Rick comes uh, after him, and Hulk has already leapt off with Betty, and Rick is like uh, talking to these guys that are on the ground. Have you seen a great big Hulk? Oh, yeah, you've seen them all right, because they're all laid out on the ground there. <laughs> yeah, because he threw a giant bed at them. Well, not giant, a regular. <laughs> yes, so so that was the first mention of, of Hulk, was Rick saying, have you seen a great big Hulk? Yeah, that, that that won't be the last either. I, no. I, I don't know if you're not caught on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, there's more. So they go to the Banner's house where there's a, that no good Dr. Carlton. He's ransacking his house for the uh, the formula. Yes, yes. He's, uh, he's he turned over the, the, the couch. He's yeah, going through the drawers. Carlton is uh he's salivating to get at this uh this gamma formula. So then Hulk shows up and there's a fight. And at this point, we, we learn during the fight, he's actually a robot. He's not even Dr. Carlton. No, I want to know how long did he like assimilate to be a part of this team? Like, has it been like years that Carlton's been like on this army base as, as a human? Yeah, that's what I wonder. Is there actual Dr. Carlton that he replaced or he just a robot that they didn't do any background for a top secret? Game of bomb. Yeah, because like, yeah, him and Hulk start getting out. Well, first, uh, Hulk very gently lays uh, Betty down on the couch after he turns it back over since uh, Carlson had knocked it over. So he, the Hulk showing his, his softer side uh, as he puts Betty down on the couch. And then they have the big brawl. And yeah, Carlson, we realize that Carlson's arm is all, you know, all metal. It's a robotic arm. And yeah, he's completely a robot. Now, this is also another uh, major variation from the comic. Uh, He was just a Russian spy trying to get the Gamma formula in the original story. He was not 
a robot working with some alien or whatever the hell he's supposed to be in this cartoon. I can only assume since it's 1982, not 1962, the Russian spy thing might be considered out of date at that point. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it was, it was still in the throes of... The Cold War was still going on at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did read something that originally it was, yeah, it was something to do with... The Russians, not aliens, right? Yes, but maybe since it's for children, they, they didn't want to bring politics into it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was a crazy time where politics didn't, wasn't infused in every form of enter- <laughs> <laughs> entertainment. Oh, the good old days. So he destroys this robot, just wreaks havoc on him. Then he puts, he, I'm drawing a blank right, he lies down on the ground, right? The Hulk, yes. He he starts like holding his head and kind of just kind of collapses almost because that you know it it wasn't a completely one sided fight like the first thing you see is like uh, Hulk goes into the room where Carlson is and then Hulk comes flying back out so he clocked him a couple times it wasn't uh, like a complete uh, squash match if you want to talk a little wrestling on this podcast but you don't want to talk wrestling right <laughs> at this point I think you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> We'll just say he got his licks in uh, before the fight was over. Yes, yes. So at this point, Betty doesn't see him, and he changes back into Banner. At this point, I get really confused because <laughs> when he changes into the Hulk, his shirt, his tie, his shoes, everything got ripped off. He turns back into Bruce Banner, and he's got his shirt and tie back on. Yes, I, I guess this is this is like a an infamous uh, trope for this uh, series, these thirteen episodes. But yeah, he. <laughs> Is <laughs> you see it in the the stock animation as you mentioned for the transformation that his shirt rips off, his shoes rip off, everything but his pants, and then when he turns back to Bruce, he's magically yeah got his sh- shirt back on, his his pants are nice and pressed once again, and shoes and yeah, so a little odd. I'm not sure how exactly that works. Maybe they just don't want to s- show like a. Uh, naked guy on a kid's show or, or like a nearly naked man on a kid's show. But I mean, the Hulk is wearing just as much as he would be wearing, right? Yeah. I mean, but it's weird because when Hulk showed up on Spider-Man and his amazing friends, he would turn back into Banner and he would just be shirtless. He would still have the ripped pants. Maybe they thought he had to have a secret identity and nobody would, everyone would figure it out if he walked around with just a ripped pair of pants on. Yeah. Yeah. Betty would, uh, the gig would be up right away if uh, Betty had seen him just in, oversized ripped purple pants and then good old ned talbot shows up with some of the military police and they don't really believe rick that this uh robot was carlston or that this robot was kicking uh, because they're all it was is just the smashed parts of what hulk left over in fact he says he's not gonna listen to this punk kid if i'm not mistaken yeah so they're gonna arrest bruce banner I don't know if they're going to arrest him or just detain him because uh, apparently this was uh, this housing was military issue or I don't know what, why he, because it's his house. I don't know. Why are Rick and Betty, why is Banner the only one putting to the back of the, the paddy wagon? I was going to ask you. I, <laughs> I believe he says that he's under arrest. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out what, what the charges were. He wasn't read his Miranda rights. I don't know what exactly he was uh, charged with. Because, I mean, because what did he do? I, I have no idea. I don't know why. All I could think of is because he doesn't believe the robot was real, that he trashed his own house and it's not his. It's the military gave it to him. It's really kind of a confusing part of the whole episode. Yeah. At this point, we find out that the uh, the spider ship with the alien wants the Gamma formula because while he's uh, 
Hulk is ticking away in the back of this uh, this military van. He shows up in the ship and tells Betty that he's there for the formula. Yeah, he basically opens the roof of the house. Yes. So, so, I mean, this alien, number one, should be arrested because he is, it's military property that he's destroying. <laughs> and uh, Betty gives him the formula, but he kidnaps uh, Betty instead of just taking it from her. Right. He, yeah, he just uh, scoops her up instead. And at this point, we get our first look at this thing, and it looks to me like a cross. If Ultron had like a baby with an insect, that's what this thing looked like to me. Yeah, I was gonna say it looked uh, Ultron esque. Yeah, number one, he never really gets a name other than that, but that's what he he looks like. Yeah, like Ultron and an insect had a baby. It's nothing you've seen before on in the comics, right? I don't. I wasn't in the original comic, and I don't remember that thing ever being introduced. At any point, it's really kind of generic when you think about it. Yeah, like I just thought Ultron when I saw it. So Rick Jones uh, goes to cut off the uh, the van. To I guess he figures Brandon will turn into the Hulk again and and save the day. But Ned won't let him out. So that of course makes him angry. And we all know what happens when the the Hulk gets angry. Well, when Bruce Banner gets angry, he becomes the Hulk. Yes, don't make him angry. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. So then he goes back to fight this thing because they did send a couple of military, a couple of tanks and helicopters at the ship to no avail. So the Hulk had to come and save the day. Yeah. And we realize at this point that the Hulk does have somewhat of a vocabulary. Yeah. It's not just Hulk smash. At one point he does say, must get Betty back. Yeah. So he's, (laughs) there's a little more banner in the uh, cartoon here. At this point, I have to take issue that, not to use another wrestling term, but uh, this alien is pretty much a jobber at this point. (laughs) Hulk just shows up and like trashes him in like less than 10 seconds. Right. And, and the funniest thing for me is when they first confront each other, the alien says of Hulk, what is this thing? You are an alien robot. And he's really taken aback by this by the screen guy. Like Maybe he'd been studying humans for years and he'd never seen like a nine foot tall giant green one. I suppose you could be correct about that. But I mean, Hulk just trashes him and like, like nothing flat. Like this guy is, is nothing like Dr. Carlson put up a bigger fight than this dude did. Yeah. We get, we only got 24 minutes here, Tarzan. We're going to keep it moving. <laughs> and then right before Hulk destroys him completely, his severed head says that the, they will return. Yes. And then the head just disintegrates. And then this is backing up a little bit. Um, Ned says that a big, I think it was a great green hulking monster destroyed his car. <laughs> yeah just getting in there the title of the show and i gotta ask you have you yourself or heard anybody ever used hulking as an adjective no I, I i would have never known the word hulk or ever used the word hulk if it wasn't for the incredible hulk and sorry wrestling hulk hogan <laughs> but yeah not only does he use it, he uses it as an adjective hulking like i've never heard it used in that context in my life outside of this cartoon no, yeah, it's just it's very convenient, very convenient. And then after he doesn't, he leave and doesn't he call him Hulk one more time at that point? I have the quote for you. Right. <laughs> Noodlehead Ned says, if I ever see you again, you monstrous Hulk, I'll get you, you Hulk. <laughs> so we counted four times before he was ever named that somebody used Hulk to describe him. Yeah, they're batting you over the head with this one. <laughs> Like, think about that. How often in life, when you're not talking about Hulk Hogan or the Incredible Hulk, are you using the word Hulk? Never. (laughs) It is kind of weird because General Thunderbolt Ross was always like the main army guy that was like Hulk nemesis. Yet, he doesn't show up again 
after that uh, that one confrontation with Bruce Banner. Yeah, well, what is the relationship with the uh, Glenn Talbot in the comics? What was the relationship with Talbot and uh, Thunderbolt Ross? He was always like Thunderbolt Ross's like secondhand man, and he was much more confident and more of a threat in the comic. And at one point, he actually married uh, Betty Ross. That didn't work out in the long run. So, yeah, why is why do they have Thunderbolt just kind of hanging back in this? Uh, I have no idea. And I got to say, after all the talk we did in the research, I was very upset that he was not referred to Noodlehead Ned once on the episode. No, not at all. Because <laughs> he's supposed to be kind of like a, a dunderhead, right? He's supposed to be kind of like a, a klutzy goof. But uh, apparently we don't see that here. If you watch Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, like he's basically the Flash Thompson role where he's kind of the main guy's you know, bully, but he's kind of a bumbling idiot. And the victim of comic relief at the same time. Okay. Yeah, but we didn't really get any of that here except for this last line where he's kind of forcing the Hulk thing. <laughs> well, he did sm- Hulk did smash his car, if you remember correct. I, I do, yeah. So I guess he's got... Uh, so he's got that, you know. Like, you know, Superman, you know, Lex Luthor lost his hair because of Superman, you know, that Hulk smashed Noodlehead Ned's car. <laughs> So yes, so that's a lifelong blood feud right there. And then Rick Jones picks up Bruce Banner in the desert, and they have a moment where he's going to be out there, where, where it's established they're going to have a friendship, and Rick Jones is going to be there to help him with this uh, persistent problem of the Incredible Hulk. Yes, uh, Bruce tried to like uh, wave him off and say, "Yeah, you don't want to be a part of this. I got to figure this out on my own." But Rick's like, "No, nah, you you saved me, dude. So I'm with you on this." And then we ended with, similar to the Hulk television show, them looking into the sunset. Yes. And that was it. All right. I I was hoping for the Marvel post-credits scene of Rita just sitting there at the the dance recital or whatever the hell she was, (laughs) just like looking at her watch (laughs) because it's been hours, if not, uh, you know. A day later, and uh, Rick never showed up. Oh yeah, because it was that was the whole setup. Is it was a shortcut to uh, to go pick up Rita. If they're still together in episode four, I'd be amazed. Yeah, that was quite a look from something from my childhood, which I hadn't seen that in quite some time. Like I do every week, uh, all two of them so far. <laughs> Let's uh, rank it. How many? Uh, one out of four spectros. How much are you going to give the origin of the Incredible Hulk? Wow, how many Spectros? Yeah, obviously four being the best, one being the worst. I mean, I would give it, can we do uh, half Spectros? Um, yeah, you could do like, you know, for example, if uh, you thought it was uh, almost perfect, three and a half Spectros would be fine. Let's give it hmm, three Spectros. Three, all right. You know, I, I can go for that. It uh, It's definitely not perfect. Villain could have been a little bit better, and uh, some of the plot not great. Uh, I enjoyed it for the most part. I mean, uh, the uh, the big mustachio that really uh, earned it a lot of points in the spectrum meter. <laughs> that was at least a, a quarter to a half spectral. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, like I always try to bring up, how do you think it would? Uh, it, does it stand the test of time? Do you think uh, kids, if they were you know the age we were when we saw it, would they enjoy it today? Well, I don't think there's a way for kids to just kind of run into this, right? You said it's not on Disney Plus. No, I I watched it on Amazon Prime. I don't know uh, what, and I had to pay for it on Amazon Prime. I don't know what you watched it on. Yeah, I bought it on um, 
Apple TV, two bucks, one ninety nine to watch the episode. I think the whole you can get the whole series of thirteen episodes for like fourteen ninety nine. I think so. Yeah, it's on Apple, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, like you said. Uh, what, what else? iTunes, YouTube. You can uh, pay two bucks and watch on YouTube as well. It is strange to me that it is not on Disney Plus. Yeah, because uh, Spider Man is Amazing Friends is. So I guess let's 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 say hypothetically a kid stumbled across this today. What do you think? Would it uh, stand for uh, to the youth of uh, 2021? No, I don't think so. These kids today, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's been so many other Hulk cartoons since then, as well as Hulk, you know, CGI Hulk in the movie. Uh, I'll have to ask, maybe watch it with my stepsons, but I, I think today's youth might find it uh, corny. Yeah, corny, a little um, primitive, perhaps. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. I liked the big mustachio. I liked uh, the transformation sequence. I like the, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you putting the Hulk over, you want to get the Hulk a couple of uh, wins under his belt right away as we, uh, as he makes his debut. You know what I mean? You don't want to just, uh, I'm sorry, and get back to wrestling again, Tarzan. I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, you're really apologizing because I really feel like at this point you're almost trying to get my goat or something by <laughs> constantly going. Has your goat been gotten? <laughs> My goat, my goat's getting there. Okay, sorry about that. What did you think out there? Did uh, did you enjoy it? Did you like it? We always want to hear from you. If you can go to our social media and uh, your two cents on it, uh, if you liked it, great. Hope we didn't. Uh, we don't ever want to get anyone mad. So if we if we were uh, not kind enough, please uh, don't take it personally. <laughs> I could never, uh, you know, bury the Hulk because, like I said, it was what brought me uh, into the whole world of comics, and you know. Marvel's universe as a whole. So I have a very big soft spot for the Hulk. I do as well. And uh, maybe when you come back, we'll uh, maybe we'll review another episode or who you sky's the limit and you never know what we might review. Yeah. You got to bring me back so I can find out why Captain America is your favorite hero. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> why <laughs> just this do good and creep. I mean, I'm not going to get the whole thing now because it's not a Captain America episode, but I've always been a fan of the characters that seem very or more heroic, similar to Superman. Uh, all right. That's, I don't know. You can do better than st- stick with the Hulk. Forget about uh, Captain America. In today's climate, we need uh, heroes more than ever. Oh, my goodness, Tarzan. <laughs> do we want to bring up like the Star Spangled Banner in the background as you're saying this? Maybe I will. Maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts for us, Michael, on the origin of The Incredible Hulk? No, I I really enjoyed uh, watching it and talking about it with you. It really brought me back to, you know, why I first uh, decided that, uh, you know, I wanted to watch. I wanted to be a part. I wanted to, you know, draw. It it really just uh, opened up my imagination. So I'm glad to go back and and watch this with you. I'm glad uh, you got this podcast going and I'm happy to see... And hear what you got going on in the future. All right. I want to thank you for joining me. I want to thank you for uh, helping me out with this. I want to thank all you listeners out there for joining me. And like I said, uh, just bear with us at the beginning. We're uh, still working out the kinks, but we're going to just uh, get better and better as we go along. And if I have any input or episodes you like reviewed, guests, anything, I always love to hear from you. Go to our social media and let us know. Join us again next week as we will explore the multiverse. Excelsior!